Are you suffering from analysis paralysis? Have you looked at so many RVs that you can't recall which model had the Murphy bed and which had the bunks? Are you suffering from fear of missing out on another camping season? Don't despair. Help is here. On today's show, I'm sharing my tips on choosing the right RV. Start making those reservations. 2019 camping season is just around the corner. Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and do things with other adventurous and curious women. We camp like girls in tents, vans, travel trailers, motorhomes, and even cars. We travel solo and in groups to girl camping gatherings, large and small, to bucket list destinations with friends, or on our own to wherever the wind blows us. On this show, we'll talk about the qualities of a girl camper and how you can be a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while we share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Today's episode is brought to you by our consortium of girl camper friendly RV dealerships. General RV with 12 locations in the U.S., Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, and Bankston Motorhomes with three locations in Alabama and two in Tennessee. Also providing sponsorship are our friends at Kempco Manufacturing, makers of over 4,000 products for your RV, boat, and tailgating needs. And of course, Liberty Outdoors, manufacturers of the award-winning Max and Mini Max travel trailers. Thank you, Girl Camper Sponsors, for allowing me to bring great RV content to outdoor enthusiasts everywhere. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster, and this is Episode 156 of Girl Camper, the Podcast. We're bringing you a great show today on the tools to help you pull the trigger and make that RV purchase at last. 2019 camping season is right around the corner, and I don't want you to miss out on going places and doing things with us. I love this show today. Before we head into that content, though, I have other news to round up, and it's brought to you by our friends at General RV. General RV is the nation's largest family-owned RV dealership. They have 12 full-service locations, a massive inventory of over 5,000 RVs and motorhomes. It's been such a pleasure working with our friends at General RV over the past year. I met a wonderful woman when I was there for Camper College in October. She is in sales in the motorhome division at their Canton, Ohio location. Her name is Christina Good. It's kind of unusual to see women in RV sales to begin with, but motorhome sales is even rarer. So when Girl Camper Sandy told me she was buying a Class B motorhome, I gave my friend Christina a call. Christina set her up. She got her a great deal, $6,000 less than she was paying on an East Coast dealership price. But not only that, walked her through the whole process, VIP treatment. Sandy is home now, loading up her Class B and getting ready to hit the road. Take a look at our friends at General RV. You can get to them by going to generalrv.com or you can just go to the Girl Camper homepage, hit the link and follow our sponsor. So thank you, Christina Good. Okay, in our news roundup today, I'm getting excited about hitting the road at the end of the month. 
Honestly, when I parked that camper in my driveway in November, I was so run down and worn out from all the fun I had in 2018 that I didn't even want to think about traveling for the last two months at all. Now I see everybody is posting online. It's warmer down south and the girls are getting out there on weekends and the bug has got me. I'm dying to get out there again. At the end of this month, I am heading to a family wedding in Palm Springs, but then I'm going to hang around in that area because I got about six or seven days to kill and I don't want to fly back home and come all the way back there for the big event I have in Salt Lake City. So every year, the RV industry does this big annual shindig. For decades, the RV Industry Association has held its annual convention in Louisville, Kentucky. It always took place the week after Thanksgiving. This event is an industry-only event in which all the RV manufacturers and all of the aftermarket product manufacturers, the RV component manufacturers, they all get together to show off what's new for the coming year. The RV manufacturers will have all of their new models on display, and that's our chance to see everything before they start shipping it out to the RV dealers. So the RV dealers come to this event because it's closed to the public, but this is where the RV dealers come to choose what's going to be on their showroom floors for 2019. So I get to go there on my press pass ahead of time and take a sneak peek at everything. So before it hits that dealership floor, I'm going to be able to bring you all the fun and exciting stuff. Now, in past years, I have gone to this event and I have done a top five pick for girl campers. And I'm going to do that again this year. The event is taking place place on March 12th through 15th. So I want everybody to pay close attention to the Girl Camper Facebook page and on Instagram too, because I'm going to be doing lots of Instagram stories and showing everybody what's going on there. I am also going to be doing a Go RVing Live from that event in which I am going to be showing off my favorite small Girl Camper Motorhome. So I don't know which one I'm going to show you yet because that's kind of the cool thing. I get to go there and, you know, just stroll around and look at all of them and bring you what I think are some of my favorite ones. So pay attention to the Girl Camper uh, Facebook page and the Go RVing Facebook page. I'll be posting on both when our live event is taking place. I'm also going to get to be able to tour all of the manufacturers who are making great aftermarket products. So I'm going to be bringing you a whole list of fun things. Possibly some of these things are going to make our um, spring gear guide. So we're going to be finding out what's new in Wi-Fi accessibility and all of the RV upgrades that are out there. So we're going to have a full list of that as well. If anybody lives in the Salt Lake City area or has been there and is really familiar with it, I would love it if you would just drop me a note. Just drop me a note on Facebook or Messenger. Tell me what I can do while I'm there because I'm actually going to go there a day or two early because I'm going to be in Palm Springs and, and visiting people and doing some things in that area. But I'm coming up to Salt Lake City a day or two early and I would love a great restaurant recommendation. 
Believe it or not, my my other half is traveling with me. You know, he, he doesn't like to go anywhere with me. He likes to stay home. But since we're out there for a family wedding, he doesn't have a choice. So he's going to hang out with me. He's never been to Salt Lake City either. We might go to Hoover Dam. We're just going to kind of play it by ear and go where the wind blows us. Maybe go where it's warm. We're, we're, we're making no reservations. We're just going to kill time for a week. And it's going to be kind of fun, I think. But anyway, so we're going to be kid-free and all alone in Salt Lake City in a fun new winter town. And I'm just so looking forward to doing that. So if you have a great restaurant recommendation, I think I'll treat my boyfriend to a nice night out to dinner (laughs) since he is hanging out with me when he would really probably rather be home. So if you've got a great recommendation in Salt Lake City, be sure to let me know. I can't wait to tell you all about it. Now we're going to be back in a minute and we are going to be talking about pulling the trigger and actually buying that RV, choosing that right RV for you. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited to share this thing because last year we went over all of our RV choices. We went through the Class Bs, A's, C's, teardrops, everything, even toy haulers. We reimagined the toy hauler. So now you've got all the information. It still can be paralyzing. So we're going to talk today about how we can finally pull that trigger and some of the things we should be asking ourselves before we finalize that decision. But first, I want to tell you something about our friends at Campco, sponsors of our show. Thank you, Campco. Campco has that great line of products called Life is Better at the Campground, and they just sent me a link with some of the things that are coming out this year. Brace yourselves, everybody. Everyone's going to want this. They have the coolest bamboo cutting board which is shaped like a vintage camper it's like it's like they took our logo here and they made a uh, cutting board out of it it's a bamboo cutting board it's 10 by 17 here's what I never knew about bamboo cutting boards they're better for you than even like the maple and the hardwoods that we usually have them out of because they don't damage or dull your knives And bamboo contains a natural antibacterial properties that keep your cutting board from getting bacteria growing in it. You know how you're always bleaching them to make sure there's no chicken residue or something on it? They resist moisture. This cutting board is so cute. It's pretty. It's practical. It's $25.99 on Amazon.com. It's not only something practical to have in your camper, you can put it on the back of your sink because it's pretty as well. Form and function, always good news. So thank you, Campco, for sponsoring the show. And all Campco products can be found at great retailers everywhere, but they're on the Teardrop Shop, and you can find this at Amazon for $25.99. Okay, so I want to get started. As I said, last year we dedicated our whole year, we went over all of those trailers, but what if you have narrowed this down and you've got all this information, but you don't know what to do with it now? So let's start at the beginning. The first thing you're going to have to do when you narrow down your choices here is you're going to have to decide whether you want a travel trailer or a motor home. And this is some of the things we talked about, the pros and cons. We went through everything last year. Large motorhomes offer every luxury you can imagine. They have ample space, storage, exquisite finishes. I just came from that show and I mean, they're mind boggling. They are truly homes on wheels. They have washers and dryers and dishwashers. It's unbelievable. They do, however, cost a lot of money to purchase, insure, drive, and maintain. 
Small Class Bs are a great choice for many solo women travelers, and they offer that added measure of safety and stealth camping opportunities. But they are very small, and every time you go someplace, you have to break camp when you want to do any sightseeing. Now, the travel trailer option requires a tow vehicle, and that might be another purchase for you because what you already own might not tow what you want. It also requires a skill set or the willingness to learn it anyway, of being able to tow it, back it in, manage tight spaces like some campground sites and the occasional poorly designed gas station. So this choice is going to vary for everyone based on what's more important to you. But the first thing you have to decide is whether you're going motorhome or travel trailer. That's step one. Okay, number two, once you decide, you need to narrow down your choices in that category. And a good starting point here is to ask yourself what kind of RVing you plan to do. Are you going to be boondocking on BLM lands far off main roads for long periods of time? If that's the kind of RVing you want to do, then you're probably going to want an outdoor adventure model that includes a raised axle, off-road tires, solar panels, maybe extra batteries, and you're really going to want to search around and get those models that have the largest holding tanks. Now, if you plan on camping for kind of one or two weeks a year, and maybe the occasional weekend here or there close to the home, maybe you don't want a big fancy RV. Maybe you want something that's just going to get you off the ground. Something that is really kind of a step up from tent camping, but not necessarily the build for cross-country travel in every conceivable weather and terrain situation out there. So you might want an entry-level rig that will keep you warm in cold weather and cool in hot weather and provide you with just a nice bed to land on at the end of the day and a potty that you can call your own. So when you determine how you want to camp, you can then narrow down the choices even a little more. Okay, number three, here's what you want to ask yourself. What is it that you need in an RV? So whether you're going streamlined entry level or you're going high-end deluxe, you will have choices in that field and you gotta break this thing down even further. Here's a couple of things I want you to think about and ask yourself. These are key things in an RV that people kinda regret that they didn't think about after the purchase. So let's put them out there up front. Number one, what do you need in an RV kitchen? So do you like outdoor cooking or do you love outdoor cooking? Are you going to be bringing along all your cast iron pans, your Instapot, your electric skillet? Are you going to need lots of counter space to prep food? Lots of cabinets and refrigerator space? Think about the favorite thing that you cook when you're camping and look at the kitchen and counter space available. Imagine cooking your favorite camp meal. Think about every ingredient and tool that you need to prepare that meal. 
Look at the model you're interested in and ask yourself, where are all these items going to go in my RV? And is this something that could be a deal breaker for me? Because for a lot of people, camping, it's all about that shared food experience, about being around the campfire, about that meal, about taking time to relax, really dining out. It's what we do with people, you know, when we're home and we're not camping. When we meet friends, what do we do? It's all about food. So if food is important to you and that's how you celebrate and that's the thing you do when you're RVing, you really need to think about that camp RV kitchen in there. Now, the next thing I want you to think about is that bathroom. It's the same thing here. My sole purpose for getting rid of my vintage trailer was to have a bathroom. I did not want to go out in the rain anymore at five o'clock in the morning to walk to a campground or state park bathroom. So what do you need in an RV bathroom? Is a wet bath going to bother you? Doesn't bother me at all. I'm fine with that. I just want that potty at 5 a.m. I generally shower at the campground shower. If it's clean and nice, I will use mine in an emergency. So the wet bath thing doesn't bother me at all. But other people, for whatever reason, really, really dislike it. Now, once you decide on that, do you want a shower stall versus a bathtub shower. So some of the RVs, when you get the three-piece, the bathtub um, and the shower are one, or you can just have a shower stall. A shower with a tub in it is kind of a handy thing. You can do a lot with that bathtub. I mean, I wouldn't go out of my way to get one, but if I had one, I could think of lots of ways to use it other than just showering. It's a great place to um Throw, throw a couple clothes, like fill up the bottom of the tub, wash out all your socks and underwear. It's a great place to shower down any dirty boots or fishing gear or anything like that. If you've got a pet with you, it's a great way to be able to give a pet a bath. And so many people I know use that bathtub to store heavy things in that they don't want to slide around their motorhome or their trailer when they're driving. It's also a great thing to fill with a lot of ice and put all your party drinks in if you're at a big camp out or rally or something like that. So think about what your needs are in an RV bathroom and how important it is to you. So maybe it's not at all, but... Think about that bathroom. Now, the last thing I want you to consider is how many people you need your RV to sleep. And if you're flexible on that number, how many will you need to sleep in it for regular use? And how many would be your ideal? So I have my RV and 96% of the time, I'm the only one in it. But on occasion, I've got my um, children with me. My husband can come anytime. (laughs) he sleeps with me. But when I have to give a bed to somebody else, that's not that often. So when I had my mini max all last year, it really just had the one twin bed in the back. I could have reconfigured the whole thing and made a queen out of it. But what I did instead is I bought myself a tent. And so that was my guest house. So if I had somebody come with me, I popped up my tent and I could sleep two or three people in that tent. Ask yourself how many people it's going to sleep and how often you're going to have company. And if you're going to have that company not that often, do you really want to upsize your 
trailer in order to accommodate just occasional company. That could mean you have to upgrade your tow vehicle and everything else that goes with it. So think about how many people you need that RV to sleep and what your other options might be. You know, maybe you're going to do tent or maybe you have um, a big um, tow vehicle like um, a Suburban or something where you could create a bed in the back if you wanted a guest room. So think about how many people you want that to sleep. Okay, let's move on to number four now, which is setting a budget. So this is going to be different for everyone. Everyone's family needs are different. Everybody's discretional income, um, discretionary income is different. So think about that budget, but be sure to include these things when you're making your RV budget. One, include the annual maintenance of that camper. How much is it going to cost you annually to have it Maybe you're not a person who does their own winterizing. Find out what it's going to cost to winterize it and dewinterize it if that's not something you're going to do yourself. Build in some kind of budget for annual maintenance, the little things that go wrong that the warranty is eventually going to wear out and you're going to have to pay those things yourself. Think about and find out how much it's going to cost to insure it. It's going to be different in all different states. So once you've chosen that model, you can call your insurance company and say, this is what I'm purchasing. How much is it going to cost? Find that out ahead of time. Build in the cost of storage. If you're not going to be able to keep this thing in your driveway, look around your own neighborhood. How far away from your home do you want your trailer to be and how much is it going to cost to keep it there on a monthly basis? My sister-in-law lives in Colorado in an HOA that does not allow her to keep her RV in her driveway. It is literally at the bottom of her hill. She could walk to it, but she's paying $55 a month to keep it there and that adds up, you know, it adds up. So also include the cost of any tow package that you're going to have to have added to your tow vehicle. So maybe you're going to need a weight distribution hitch and that's going to cost you a little more. Factor in the cost of labor for installing that tow package, the hitch, the lights, maybe you're going to put a backup camera on yours. So find out everything that's involved in the cost of actually using that thing. Now, one more thing I want you to think about when you're talking about setting your budget and the overall cost of your purchase, and that is to include, think about and include, any aftermarket products that you might want to install. Think about the cost of them and the cost of the installation of them. I added a tankless hot water heater to um, my Riverside Retro a couple years ago. Oh my goodness, that was a perk I don't think I ever want to be without again. I absolutely love that. The cost of it was $1,000 and the dealership did the installation at no cost for me, but that was something I absolutely loved having. Other things that you might want to add to your trailer are perhaps solar panels. A lot of trailers come and they say they're solar ready. Well, that just means the wiring is in there. You've got to buy the panels and you have to have them installed. And then you got to figure out how to work them. So the cost of solar panels. Another thing that I want to add to my trailer this year is that keyless entry on the door. I'm tired of jiggling with the keys. I have so many RV keys on my keychain that I never know which key is mine, the trailer I'm working on. I would love to have that keyless entry on the door. Some people also install anti-theft and tracking devices. So think about all of the aftermarket products. Ideally, you would love to have in a trailer. Figure out what they're going to cost and truly be realistic on the true total price of your purchase. Okay, number five, after we've done all that, breaking it down even further, you've got your model. Okay, this is the one I want. Now, 
time for you to become a investigative reporter. So first thing you do, go over to YouTube and find that user that is associated with your brand on YouTube and watch all of their videos. Thankfully, we have these people who are good enough to chronicle the story of their purchase and that learning curve for all the rest of us to take in. Take advantage of these angels and watch every video you can find on the RV of your choice. When you're watching those videos, you're going to see things that you didn't think about. And you're going to see little things that people figure out in their use of it and whether that's going to be something that's going to bother you. Then go on to Facebook and find, let's just say you're going to buy an RPOD or a Liberty Outdoor Max, go on and find their YouTube or, or their Facebook group. That is where you can pepper everybody with questions. These people are already using it. You can ask them about your tow vehicle. Does anyone have this same tow vehicle as mine? Is this a good fit? Uh, Are you finding that you have enough power when you're pulling with this thing? So this is all the kind of stuff that it's user experience, which is better than any, you know, thing that is written out and theorized on when these things are being built. So go on to that Facebook group, ask all the questions there, follow along, see what you can glean from all of those. Then go to RV shows. Really, I know you're going to go to a dealership to buy it, but before you get to that point... See if you can find the trailer that you have in mind at an RV show and then get in there. Stand in that. Spin around in it. Sit down at the table and see if you have enough elbow room. See if you can get in and out of the table really easily. Some some people who are really tall find it hard to get in and out of some of the booths in trailers. Lay down on the bed. Some of the beds are full queens. Some are shortened uh, queens. Try to figure out if it's not a walk-around bed, if the space that is allowed for entry into it, if it's across the back, if you're going to feel claustrophobic in there. Stand in the shower. Pretend you're washing your hair. See if your elbows are hitting the wall. Bend over and try to pick up the pretend soap and see if this is enough space for you. There is no substitute for this. You've just got to get in there. I was at the Nashville RV show two weeks ago. Everybody was doing that, stepping in the shower, spinning around. Okay, another thing I want you to think about doing when you've got your model chosen is to consider renting one if you can find your specific unit. So there's lots of RV um, rental places like El Monte and uh, National Brands that will rent. But you could also look up on Outdoorsy or other rental places your specific model. See if you can rent your model before you make that purchase. We had my friend JoLynn Black on the show a couple months ago. JoLynn bought a Class A motorhome. But before she bought that Class A, she had done all the research. Everything was on paper. I mean, JoLynn is, <laughs> she's a detailed person. She had spreadsheets. She had the whole thing going on, checking off every box. She thought she knew what she wanted. She knew what she wanted in a kitchen because she's a quilter and she wanted one long countertop that she could lay fabric on and cut. So she had those things in her head. She had picked out the model, but she took my advice and she rented one and she went on a two-week vacation and guess what? Ixnay on the Class C. She ended up buying a Class A motorhome and when I tell you she was convicted that the Class C was the right thing for her until she rented it. So if you have uh, an opportunity through Outdoorsy or someplace to rent the specific model or something as close as possible to it, 
Go ahead. I mean, it might cost you $700. Even if you did it for a weekend and it cost you three or $400 to rent it, I think it's going to be money that you're really happy you spent because it could save you from making a costly mistake. Okay, now you've done all that. Let's go to the last part here, and that is finding a reputable dealer. I want to tell this to people over and over. Please don't let price be the only factor in choosing a dealer. I want you to consider a few of these things. Number one, take a look at the dealer's online reviews. See what people are saying. Google this dealer and see if there are stories about the dealer, good or bad. You know, somebody might have written a glowing thing on a review or a chat room. Somebody may have had a bad experience and you want to read that and you want to read and see if this person is truly not been um, satisfied or has been mistreated in some way or if this is a person who just can't be made to be happy. So if you read the online reviews and 95% of them are glowing and then you've got a couple bad apples, you have to ask yourself if that's just a person who can't be made happy. So go online, take a look at their online presence This is how people do business now. So if your RV dealership that you're considering a purchase from doesn't have an online business, maybe they're not keeping up with the times. This is how the world works and maybe something you want to consider if they're not cutting edge, they're not getting it done. Okay, the second thing about a dealership that you should be asking yourself is about their service center. So how many bays do they have? If you had to make a repair and you had to bring your camper in, whatever it is, a motorhome or a travel trailer, do they have five bays or do they have 25? And if they have a few, are they going to take their own customers first? Now, here's the thing that happens in RV dealerships. Their bays are available to anyone. The service department is for anyone who brings in a trailer. But many good RV dealerships will serve their own customers first. So you may have a scheduled appointment and you're not a customer. You did not buy your trailer there. And then ABC calls in and says, I have a problem. They're going to bump you ahead of their non-customers. So you want to find out where in the pecking order you're going to come when it comes to having your trailer serviced. So how many bays do they have? How long is their backlog? Do they serve their customers before the general public? And another thing you want to find out is if their technicians are RV certified. So there's a whole training course people can go through to become RV certified technicians. Is that what you're getting in this dealership? Okay, got that done. Now we want to talk about the pickup day. If you decide to buy your trailer there, how long is the walkthrough going to be? How long is this going to take? Will it be just you and your trailer? Is this going to be a one-on-one? Somebody wrote to me, and I thought this was kind of shocking. They said on walkthrough day, they went to pick up their RV and they thought it was going to be them and the technician showing them. But no, it was five or six people picking up their RV that day and one RV, not even the one they bought, being used as a general rule. So here it was, not their RV, five or six other people all trying to look around, not being demonstrated on the actual RV they bought. 
I think that's completely unacceptable. So you want to ask them if you're going to be getting that walkthrough one-on-one with one of their technicians, you also want to know if you can videotape that walkthrough. So on that day, it is drinking water out of a fire hose. Everything's coming at you so fast. When Sandy was just at General RV picking up her Class B motorhome, she had a one-on-one person, and he suggested to her, as I show you each one of these um, components, why don't you get out your phone and make separate little videos for each thing? Which was brilliant because then she could just go to, oh, my fuse blew. What's going on here? How do I get this off? How do I check it? And she has chronicle little videos on each component of her new motorhome. So she can go straight to that one and not have to weed through the whole thing. So making those mini videos of each item is certainly going to be helpful in the future. So here's a few things that I want you to also take notice of when you're at an RV dealership. So say you've chosen, you found one online and it has the model you want and you go in there. It's just your first time there. Pay attention to how you're greeted at the door. And when you walk in, is someone come on your shoe? They're right there. Hello, good morning. How can we help you? My name is John. Would you like to sit down and have a cup of coffee? What are your RV needs? How may we assist you find the trailer or the motorhome that you want? I think before you make any kind of purchase, the salespeople at the dealership need to be listening to you. Everybody has very different reasons for why they want to be out in the road. And the first step in finding that right RV for you is to be listening to you. So if they're listening to you and then they took you out on the showroom floor and tried to sell you something completely different from what you were talking about, I would turn around and go right out the door. Okay, so if they're trying to upsell you or get rid of um, overflow because they have other things coming in, it's not the RV dealer for you. And this is the thing. When you walk into that RV dealership on that first day and you're going to make a purchase, that's their interview. They are, you're the customer, you're the consumer. They are being interviewed by you. And if they're not putting their best foot forward right there, that's not going to be a dealership that you want to deal with. And I would frankly go to the general manager and, and tell them what it was that you did not like about that experience so they can pay attention and improve the quality of their service. All of those things in that walk-in, that initial thing, that is red flag territory. So find out right there. Now, lastly, when you find this dealership and you're happy with them, you've read their reviews, you've gone over there, the last thing you have to decide when making the purchase is whether you want to go new or used. During RV show season that we're in right now, there are really great deals to be had on new purchases so you can get really deep discounts because all of their new inventory has been ordered and it's coming in in the spring and they've got to make room on the showroom floor. And maybe those things that they're selling at the shows now have been on the floor since late fall when people are kind of wrapping up from camping. So it's not a really big sales time right there. So There are great deals to be made on new, but I don't want you to discount the idea of a used RV, and here is why. A lot of people will come in and they'll have an RV that is maybe just one or two years old because they bought it and now they know, guess what? The kitchen was more important than we thought and this is not enough counter space. And 
I do want extra sleeping space after all. So maybe there's nothing wrong with that particular model, but it doesn't suit their camping lifestyle. So a good dealer is going to really be able to cherry pick their trade-ins. When they get a trade-in like that, that RV is then completely inspected and any little problems that they have are going to be repaired. You're not going to get that when you're buying it from a for sale by owner or Craigslist ad or on Facebook or anything like that. So this dealer is going to thoroughly inspect it. They are going to be aware of what that model is and how to um, care for it. Uh, you, a dealer, too, can also normally, when you make a purchase of a use, they will offer you a 90-day warranty, which is something you are not going to get if you buy for sale by owner. But I want you to know, too, that that 90-day warranty is something that you can negotiate. You're the purchaser. You can set those parameters. It could be a deal point that you're not going to sway from. If they want your sale, they're going to have to do this. So with that 90-day warranty, if you buy your trailer used in February, that 90-day warranty isn't going to do anything for you because you're probably not going to get it out on the road till May or June. So you can negotiate the start date of that warranty. So you're not really going to know if everything has been found, and the dealership isn't going to know if everything has been found. They, they're they not using the RV. They don't know until you get out there, this toilet isn't flushing correctly. Something's going wrong here. They're not going to find that in a visual inspection. So you're going to need that 90-day, and that's why they give you the 90-day. They want to make good on that. So negotiate the start of that warranty date to the beginning of the camping season. Now, another thing about buying used is, you may have a specific model in your mind and it's out of your price range. You know, the brand new, it's just, I don't know, $10,000 out of your price range. But when you buy it used, that allows you to get in the model you want and let somebody else take the depreciation hit on it. So if you're willing to have something that's two years old that somebody has already put miles on, but it puts you in that model that you want, then used is a win-win for everybody. So think about whether or not a used trailer through a reputable RV dealership is an option for you. So those are all of my tips on finally pulling the trigger, making 2019 your season to go places and do things. I hope this podcast helps you to pull the trigger with confidence. It's our goal here to get you out there confidently and and just armed with all of the things you need to make RVing fun and safe for everybody. So be sure to check out our show notes here and for any links and details and go over to girlcamper.com. Also, please follow along on Instagram at girlcamper528 and join our Facebook community where I will be announcing the winner of the Mini Max just two days from now. I cannot wait. Thank you, everybody. That is a wrap for this week. I want to thank our sponsors, Liberty Outdoors, for that trailer and for all you do for Girl Campers. Campco, manufacturing 4,000 products in the RV and camping world, boating, tailgating, so much fun. Setzer's World of Camping in Huntington, West Virginia, Bankston Motorhomes in Alabama and Tennessee, and General RV with 12 locations all over the country. Have a great week, everybody. Happy trails. Happy trails.